those of you listening right now, this is Josh Thompson just giving you a little message. The first five minutes of the message you'll be listening to right now is a little distorted, so just bear with me. Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9, if you have your Bible. Leviticus is the book of what? It's the book of rules for the Levites. The Leviticus. 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 It's the book for the Levites, for the priests and the rituals that they'll be doing. We've seen all kinds of crazy stuff happen within the first eight chapters of this book. And how to do this and what to do about that and this offering and that offering. We've seen some amazing stuff and been able to grab some great insight. The purpose of this book, I think for us, the overview, the big picture is seeing what happens in a ritual and an offering. How long the process takes, how brutal and bloody it takes, how bloody it is. You know, if you think about it, every time they went in, sacrificing and doing all these things, what does it remind them of? Death. It reminds them of their sin. It sees how wicked and nasty it is. And I always wonder, I just wonder what it would be like. Like right now, if we were still on that day, you guys would be coming to the synagogue or coming to the temple, coming to the tabernacle there in that time. And what would we be doing today? We'd be getting ready to do what? Sacrifice. Maybe throughout the week you guys would be bringing your sacrifices and things for your sin. We don't have to do that anymore because we have a king who has done that for us, who has sacrificed himself, Jesus. And so, we open up to Leviticus chapter 9. You know, I was talking with one of my buddies this weekend, Johan, that's his name. We're talking about just something really interesting, and maybe it just, just looking into the things of God, things that are man, uh, man-made, man-made, Anything man-made. It can only go so deep. It's kind of like a picture. If you take a picture and you start looking deep into it, what, you, you, the closer you zoom in, the closer you zoom in, the closer you zoom in, what happens to it? It starts to become, you can start seeing like the pixels. You can start seeing these big squares everywhere, and you don't really see a picture anymore. When you pull back, you see a picture. You, you almost see something more defined when you're looking far from it, but when you zoom in on the man-made thing, anything man-made, It becomes less and less and less of quality. But, things made of God, like nature, like a flower, take a flower petal, you grab it, and you zoom in, and you zoom in, and you zoom in, and it gets more and more what? Complex. More amazing. More crazy. How it's held together. What is a flower doing holding shape and it doesn't have any bones? It, it It has nothing to really hold its own structure, but stays together perfectly. With all the technology that we have, we can't create a flower. We cannot create even its petal. It's, it's very smooth, almost like silk. It's, it gives off energy, some kind of warmth. You rub it. It also has a smell. Its texture is amazing. Things made of God, things that are natural, continue to go deeper and deeper. And you take any book on the face of the earth... And read into it, and how far can you read into it? It stops at a certain point. Any novel, any science book, anything, it's, it's right there. It's, it's, it's face. Right what you see on the page, that's what you get. But this, call it magical, call it mystical, call it whatever you want. This book has layers like no other. The things of God go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what we'll find in this book tonight. Leviticus on the surface, it's like, what's going on here? When you look in, when you let the Spirit speak to your heart, you will see. That's what we're going to do tonight. Leviticus chapter 9. Start in verse 1. Are you ready? Thinking caps on. Gird up your minds. 
Bible students, get ready to learn. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 1. And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. Stop there. The eighth day. Why on the eighth day? What, what, what was the seventh day? What was the sixth day? What was the fifth day? Well, listen up. See, what had happened in chapter 8 is Moses is getting the priest. Who's the high priest? The high priest. Aaron. Who's the high priest? Aaron. Aaron is the high priest. He is the one leading Israel next to Moses. And he is anointing Aaron and his sons. Right? They are being ordained. They are being ordained because they are going to be doing the ministry in the tabernacle. They are going to be doing all of the sacrifices and these type of things. And so, just like pastors do in this day, maybe they get ordained to start doing ministry within the temple. So to these. And what happened? Well, Moses took them through all kinds of rituals. He put garments on them. They had to sacrifice for themselves. It was amazing. I don't know if you read the last chapter. Those of you who did, I applaud you because it's awesome. Go back and read it. Go back and read the devotional. You see them coming together, Aaron and his sons, and placing their hands, all of them, on what? On the, the calf, or on the bull, or on the ram. And remember we did that last week. Remember, everybody reach forward your hand. Reach forward your hand. Everyone, right now. Stick your hand forward. And now place your hand upon the animal. You place your hand upon the animal, and this signifies what? Your sin transferring onto it, and showing that now it is going to die because of what you have done. Because of what I have done. It's like, they take their precious animal, their prized possession. Why don't you take your dog? Why don't you take your cat or whatever and go place your hand on its head and let your sin be transferred to it and it die because of what you've done? Amazing. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Every time you mess up all these times, you're going back to the altar and you go to every, you're placing your hand on its head. And something's got to die. Something has to die when you sin. And there's one who did, Jesus our King. But that's what they did. All the priests, they came and they placed their hand on its head. Man. And they sacrificed all this stuff. And Moses took the blood and he sprinkled it on the garments. Sprinkled it on the garments. Remember what did he also do? He applied it upon the back side of their ear, upon their right thumb, and upon their right big toe. Covered in the blood. Covered in the blood. You see, completely covered. Completely made whole. And there's an illustration there. There's a picture there, remember? When we go into ministry, and now every time, when we go into ministry, you would apply the blood. And every time, these priests went into the tabernacle and came out. What did they have to do? They had to apply the blood every time they went in or out. And so too with you and me. When we go into ministry, we are to be applying the blood before we get up and speak. Why? Because to recognize it is not me who is delivering this. It is not me who is taking the credit. It is the blood of Jesus. That's the only reason why I get to stand here and teach to you today. And if you're ministering to anyone or doing any kind of ministry, you need to be applying the blood to your life before every time you minister. So you are not taking the credit. And then afterwards, when you're done ministering, you're like, <coughs> knocked it out of the park. It was a sick message. No, apply the blood. It's not because of you, mister. Stand down. It is because of what the king has done in your life that you are even being used. You sinner. You wretched man. You unfaithful person who sins weekly and God decides to use you and you take the credit. Forbid. What does that mean? <laughs> Dang, I'm a father. Plant the blood. <laughs> Forgive me. But then the blood is also good for applying after you're done with the message or after done with teaching or after done with ministering to somebody. Maybe you said some words you wish you didn't or stepped out and maybe didn't do exactly how you're supposed to do witnessing or doing whatever you're doing with taking care of the kids and ministry, whatever it is. 
If you feel like you just bombed out, you messed up, you apply the blood. Why? Because Jesus can redeem your weak work. The messed up thing that you did and the fact that you bombed out, He can redeem it. The Word of God will not return void, and He will. It's only His blood that does those things. That's why you apply it. So when they walked in the tabernacle, the priests, they applied the blood, and then when they walked out, they also applied the blood. And Moses sprinkled blood on them, all over them. And then, after it was done, the whole ceremony of ordination, then Moses said, you were to stay here at the tabernacle for seven days and camp. You were to stay here for seven days and camp out in front of the tabernacle. You guys, the priests, you're not going anywhere. Children of Israel, you guys are going home. Me too. See you guys. And you're just to stay here and sit here and live here for seven days. You're not to go anywhere. Man. Imagine God doing that to you. In your room, you're staying there for seven days. You're not going anywhere. What? I can't watch TV? No. No internet? No. MySpace? Damn. No. you got to stay there for seven days. And who knows what ran through their head? Who knows what they were thinking about? As they've just been prepared to do the ministry of God for the people, three million. Who knows what they were thinking? Gosh, we can't do this. The preparation that must have took place must have been amazing. And that's a great picture there too, friends. If you're going into something, or getting ready to do something, it is great to take some time out and just rest and sit and think and get tired of thinking about it get tired of praying about it get tired of resting about it seven days when's the last time you took seven minutes seven hours seven days and that's what brings us up to our text tonight it says what verse verse first verse on the eighth day so they have just spent seven days in silence, sitting there in front of the tabernacle. And now on the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and Israel, the elders of Israel, together. Look at verse 2. And he said unto Aaron, Take the young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish and offer them before the Lord. <coughs> so basically he just says, Go and make an offering unto the Lord. And under the children of Israel you shall speak, saying, Take you a kid of the goats, of a sin offering, and a calf of a lamb, both of the first year without blemish, for a burnt offering. Young animals, did you notice that? The first year, babies. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord, and a meat offering, remember that's the grain offering, mingled with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. Moses said this. I wonder if they were stoked. They're going to see the Lord. The Lord will appear to you. You know, I can say that wholeheartedly today. The Lord will appear to you today, if you desire. If you so desire, my friends. He will appear to you every day that you desire to see Him. It's up to you. It's up to you to make the sacrifice. It's up to you to step out and spend time with your God. The gate has been busted wide open. You can go to heaven anytime you want. You can spend time with your Father anytime. He has not closed the door. I've said it before. I've said it in the last couple messages. That we have maybe taken for granted the opportunity that we have to spend time with Jesus, haven't we? We get free access to Him 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Every single day you can visit with your God. 
but how many of us choose to? The living God. He said, it would be amazing, what if it was only three days out of the year you can go see God? You can go talk to Him and cry out to Him. I bet you there would be a long line, wouldn't there? When that day came, everybody would be lining up. Everybody would be sitting at the door knocking. Maybe you wouldn't even get in. But this day, we can go to Him as much as we want, as many times as we want. That's an amazing God. How many people can walk up to you as many times as they want, anytime they want? Just like, dude, I'm busy. Stay with me here. Get up your minds. How many times will a person want to approach you? Maybe it's just like, man, they talk my ear off for hours. I don't want to listen anymore. God listens all day long. To every single person. Maybe he or she has done this or that to you, and it's just like, I ain't going to talk to them. I'm not going to sit there and minister to them or bless them. God does to you, friend. And he appears to you daily if you desire it. Don't you understand? It's like, I want I want an interaction with the living God. I want to spend time with Him. I want, to, I want something crazy to go down. Then hang out. I want to see Him face to face. Then go. What are you waiting for? You act like there's a door stopping you. Well, you know, I'm busy. Well, stop being busy. Get on your face before the living God and spend time with Him. He desires to. He's waiting right now. He is listening to us. He is here with us. Is our Jesus, is He standing here beside me? Is He looking into our every single heart and mind? Longing to spend time with you and walk with you? You know, when I was in Mexico, I, I used to like envision the Lord walking here. And anytime I would turn, it was like He was there. And I just could, I couldn't completely see Him, but I just He was there. I couldn't put my eyes on Him, but He was there, 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 there. Just barely out of my view at all times. And it felt amazing those times. And I just, I remember a couple times, man, where I just, just bowing down in the dirt out in the middle of nowhere. And thoughts start running in your mind, like, you're crazy, man. What are you you doing out here? But it's like, I'm bowing to my Jesus, man. There he is, having a face-to-face time. Now, either I'm a loony, remember, out in the middle of nowhere, or I'm really spending time with Jesus, like Paul did, like Moses, like Abraham. You can do it, too. If you want the Lord to appear to you, then go after Him. Seek Him. Sacrifice time. Sacrifice things in your life, my friend. That's what it takes. Let's move on. And they brought that which Moses had commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do. And the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. Did you hear that? He is about to command us on the thing that we should do in order for the glory of God to appear unto you. If you want the glory of the Lord to appear unto you, then listen up. He's about to give the command. Look what he says. And Moses said to Aaron, verse 7, Go into the altar and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offering and make an atonement for thyself and for people and offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. He says, go make an offering, a sin offering unto the Lord. Do you want to see the glory of God in your own life right now at this moment? You know what is stopping you from seeing the glory of God within your own life? It is sin. Sin separates us from what? From God. And are you forgiven of all your sin? Yes. Past, present, and future, all of it. 
But friend, I am believing the confession that you need to do to God is not for God. It's not so God will say, oh, now you can come to me. No, 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 Jesus has opened that door. But I believe the sin in your own life that you do not confess and talk to God about and agree with Him on is chaining you from going there, you see? The sin in your own life is chaining you to the wall. You've been free from sin. You don't have to give into it anymore, Romans chapter 6. But when you sin and you keep giving into it and you are bound to it, it is you stopping yourself from seeing the glory of God. Bringing the sin offering to the Lord. Confessing, talking to Him about it. Remember confession? Homologeo is the word confession. To what? Speak the same. To agree with God. Say yes, amen. I think when you confess your sin, you should use specifics. Yes, Lord, I talked about Joey. And I said this, 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 and this, and this, and I believe that it is wrong. And I agree with you, and I know that's wrong. And I'm sorry, and I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not just sorry, like I feel bad. But Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm making the decision right now to stop doing that. And then you celebrate. You say, praise be to the Most High God. That you would forgive me again? Lord, I've done this ten times. I've done this a hundred times. You've forgiven me again. Bravo! You are great. There's no one like you. You deserve great props for that. And I will live for you because of that. You see? You come before Him. And this is how you see the glory of God within your own life. You start living a more holy life. And this is how people start seeing the glory within you, my friends. It's not until you make the complete change. It's not until you really start confessing everything. I've said this, I think, three weeks in a row. I don't know why it keeps coming up. Maybe because we're speaking about sin offering, but confessing every single little, everything, everything. Being on cue, being on top of your sin and the things that you... Because what happens? You keep yourself in check. You see when you're sinning and you sin less. But number two, you realize. You realize how much you're forgiven and you build an appreciation within your heart and you want to live for God and you want to spend time with Him. Because you can't believe how many times He's forgiven, you see? How many times have you sinned a day? Did you even count? See, we don't have appreciation for God because we don't even know how much we've sinned. How can we appreciate His forgiveness? Maybe we should get zapped every time we sin. Maybe the zap should go up, you know, one point every single time. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Then we'd realize, then we'd recognize, wouldn't we? And then one day that zap machine, whatever is clipped onto you, is taken off. And when you sin, you thought you were going to get hit no more. It doesn't happen. And when you become stale, maybe you need to put it back on. Maybe we need to start sacrificing every time we sin. Then we would see, maybe we need to start placing our hand on the cow's head or on the bull's head and kill it ourselves. Slit that throat. Watch it bleed and die because of what you've done. Cut it up into pieces. Wash the intestines and wash the leg in the bowl, in the basin. Then place it on the altar and watch it be burnt. Every time. You're weak. Friend, if you want to see the glory of God, you must come to Him with your sin. Talk to Him about it. Talk. Did you hear me? Talk to Him about it. Do you know what that means? It means talk to Him about it. Just talk, with, talk it over with our God. Talk it over with our King. Let's move on.
I'm just going to read through this next part. I'm just going to blow through it. But why are we going to read it? It's a lot of verses, but I'm going to read it because this is the most descriptive passage of the sacrifice and exactly how it's supposed to be done. And scholars, and especially Jews, rabbis, they study this passage over and over and over deeply. They want to know because this is what they need. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what the high priest is supposed to do. And so they want to know thoroughly how to do it. This is the most studied passage of sacrifice in the Old Testament. We need to know this. We need to see this. We need to read it. This is what happens in verse 8. And Aaron, Aaron therefore went unto the altar and slew the calf of sin offering, which was for himself. Did you see that? Which was for himself. Amazing. He killed it. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it upon the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. Verse 10, But the fat and the kidneys and the call above the liver of the sin offering, he burnt upon the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses, and the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood which he sprinkled round about upon the altar. And they presented the burnt offering unto him with the pieces thereof and the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards and the legs and burnt them upon the burnt offering on the altar. And he brought the people's offering, verse 15, and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it, and offered it for sin as as the first. And he brought the burnt offering and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the meat offering, that's the grain offering, and took a handful thereof, of the grain, or the burnt off, the meat offering, and burned it upon the altar beside the burnt sacrifice of the morning. Interesting. The burnt sacrifice of the morning. They already had something set up and prepared for the next morning. I like that. I like that. Hold on. Being prepared and ready for the next morning, every night. I can't wake up in the morning and I can't spend time with Jesus. You want to know why? It's because you're staying up too late. It's because you're hanging out too late, friend. It's because you're too focused on other things. But I want to hang out with the friends. Well, that's cool. I like to too. But you need to make sure you're getting enough sleep so that you can wake up early with your king. You know, when I was in Mexico, we went to bed at 9 o'clock. And I I mean, I was getting more than enough sleep and waking at like 5.30 like, you know, we got too much sleep here. And then even in Israel, too, it was like 9 or 10 o'clock. My buddy Christian, man, he's just out like 8 o'clock. Man, he's gone. So it's like I can't talk to anybody anymore. And so we were up early. That's just what we did. It was easy. But now it's a lot more difficult for me. And I, too, like you, struggle in waking up early. And so, friends, the key is what? It's going to bed early. It's preparing the night before. Preparing for the morning. Maybe you need to set your books up and get them all ready in the passage that you're going to do. Study with the Lord and spend time with Him. And you get to bed early. I remember a pastor. A pastor, a, uh, I think it was one of the Puritans. Wesley or something like this. And he was saying that, I think I've told it to you before, that every night at a certain time, all of a sudden, didn't matter where he was at or what he was doing, he would just get up and start leaving. And people would always ask him, where are you going? He's like, I have an appointment. Appointment? What, that early in the morning? Yes, I have an appointment with my God. And I can't miss it. And he would up and leave all the time in the middle of things. 
He didn't care if it was rude or what. He would just leave because it was more important to him to spend time with his God than to spend time with his friends. Wow. Amen. And may we take that into consideration. Our God is important. Our God is good. And He deserves our time. Friend, family, upper room, listen up. Are you guys ever bummed when you hang out with Jesus? You ever like walk away like, that was the worst thing you ever did. (laughs) Waste of time. No. You ever bummed when you go over and hang out with some people? It's just like, yeah, we just sat around and did nothing. Not built up, no fellowship. We just talked about this or that. It was like, I mean, it was, it was cool. We got to hang out. Have you ever bummed and hang out with our king? Gosh, no. May we prepare the night before and be ready in the morning to spend time with our Jesus. It's important. Something happens in the morning. It's before the cell phone starts going off. It's before you get on MySpace and get lost for like an hour. It's before you start doing any of your work or anything. You just spend time with Jesus and you. It's quiet. There's nobody around. It's just you and your king. Prepare the night before. I remind you of these things. And it speaks to my heart. Let's move on. Verse 18. And he slew also the bull and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offering, which was for the people. And Aaron and his sons presented unto him the blood which he sprinkled upon the altar round about. Verse 19. And the fat of the bull... And of the rams, the rump, and that which covereth the inwards, and the kidneys, and the cull above the liver, and they put the fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. Descriptive, huh? Look at this. And the breast and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. So, we'll stop there, and just quick. So he... He makes an offering for himself, and he makes an offering for the people. Did you notice that? Two different offerings made there. Sinner offering for himself and for the people. And again, the seriousness of it is amazing. Killing something is difficult. Have you ever killed an animal? It's hard. I mean, to take something out, even if it's like a bad dog or it's an idiot, you know, to like go like shoot it or something. I mean, that's, that's heavy. It's hard. Take a knife to its throat. Now that's hard. And that's the seriousness of our sin. I've yet to figure this out within my own life. I'm still working on it, but I'll say it to you anyways. Remember, sin is always greater than what we can handle. When you sin, you are slitting your throat. Even if you don't see the repercussion when it's happening, it is coming to you. You must understand the seriousness of it. Let that be the motivation that keeps you from it and causes you to live a holy life. It's serious. It's deadly. It will destroy you. It will cut you up. It will burn you every time. You must understand that. If it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't matter. You must somehow peel back your eyes and recognize it. Stop yourself. Pray for me that I stop myself. That I run from these things and that you run. We are a team, family. We've got to start standing up for righteousness. We've got to start recognizing the seriousness of sin. Why? So that when other people look at us, they will see something different. Man, I was just talking to my buddy Dan Moss today, and we were talking about people from high school we had 
we ran into her scene and started talking about all these, a lot of these party guys and people that we know. I know a couple who's just, they've been married for three years. It was like, kind of like this couple that was always together in high school. They kind of broke up a couple times, got back together. Three years and they're getting a divorce. <coughs> just like, man, I'm so bummed for them. Another buddy. He's a really nice guy, had a really great heart. But he just hung out with the wrong guys, man. Just always partying and all this stuff. And he tried to get into the sheriff academy. And because he doesn't have a good background, they're not letting him in. He's probably got a DUI or something like that. He messed up in a couple different places. Great guy. Really nice guy. He just goofed. He messed up. He's not getting in. So now he's got to settle for something else, like working in a prison or correction officer or something like that. But he doesn't get to do what he wants to do. You see, these things pay off. Living for the king pays off. And the people, my friends, you know, and they look into my life. People from Israel, I'm still, I, I keep in touch with some people. I'm emailing this person from Israel, and I'm telling them just the things about going into my life. And they're just like, man, that's just so cool that you got, everything's just good, you know, and just happened. And I just, I envy, and I don't say this to Boston, Josh Thompson. I'm just trying to show you that when you live a life, you just start seeking after God and you serve Him. You can't lose. You cannot lose. You can't fail. The small things, friend, those small decisions that you make, those little things, those times when sin comes to creep up on you, or there's, your mind's wandering in this direction, or saying this about that person, or whatever. You run and repent. You run and run from that thing. Because those little things will pay off in the later years, I promise you that. I talked to a guy last week, I'm sorry I'm babbling, but I talked to a guy last week, this guy, I didn't see him, I did decision follow-up on him, he gave his life to Jesus, and then Sunday night I did decision follow-up on him. He started telling me about he messed up in Arizona. He's a drug dealer. And he's running from the law, so he came here to Southern California. And he gave his life to Jesus that week. He had just moved to Southern California, and he gave, gave his life back to the Lord Sunday night. And I'm sitting here talking with him. He's like, I ran from the law, man. And I'm here, and I'm scared, and I don't know what to do. And my wife doesn't want me to you know, turn myself in or anything like that because we're about to have a baby, and she wants me to be here with her, and I might go to prison. And he was like, but I'm going to start living for Jesus. And whatever happens, happens. He's like full on, like dedicated, just like trying to live hard. And then I didn't see him for like a month, month and a half. And he just ran into him last week. And he's like, dude, I was doing so great. I was walking with the Lord. And one of my buddies just invited me out just to hang out with him. And I knew I shouldn't have. And I was just like, oh, it's okay. Nothing's going to happen. And he went. And then he went to a bar. And he's like, oh, I can do this. You know, I, I'm strong. I can do this. And he decided to have a drink. And one afternoon, he just started drinking. And then what? He went. He left. He went driving. And the cops came to start pulling him over. And what happened? He's, he's wanted. And he's running from the police. So what does he do? He's trying to, he tries to outbeat him. He's, he says he got in a highway pursuit on the freeway like last week. And the cops are like chasing him and all this stuff. He's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. So he gets out of the car. They arrest him. They beat him, beat him up. So he just was messed up. And he said he told him a different name because he didn't want to tell him his name. Because they would search it up, he'd come up wanted, and you go to prison right there. He told him a different name, and he has a court date, and then he comes to me this last week and says, Josh, what do I do? He's like, I'm running from the law, man, but my wife wants me to stay home with her because she's going to have a baby, and I don't want to turn myself in. I don't want to tell him the truth at the courthouse when I'm standing in front of the judge. What do I do? I said, I think you know what you need to do. You repent, man. You be honest. You be up forward and straight. And you see his sin is catching up with him. 
And friend, you must understand, your sin right now, in this day that you choose to do, will find you. You cannot run from it. You must control yourself. You must find a way to overcome this flesh. Fast! Get a hold of this body. Tell it what's up. The repercussions of sin are deadly. Slit your throat. It's going to catch up with you. Just like my friend. But those of you who live wholly set apart lives, not because look at me, look what I've done, look at how holy I am. No. Because of what Jesus has done for you, you appreciate Him, you want to live for Him. You live a holy life set apart for Him. And watch how you'll be blessed. Watch how you'll be raised up above the entire nation to be used of God to speak to thousands. To minister to people. Mother Teresa. Did she ever have to give a, stand up and give a speech to minister to thousands? No. She just loves. Simple, easy love in each day. She's doing Jesus stuff. That's why this sacrifice, that's why this offering is so big and such a big deal. And that's why God is so prompt about it. I believe every time they came to this tabernacle, every time they came to this place, they knew about their sin. They knew something was about to die. They were reminded of it. And it's crucial that we were reminded of it. Let's move on. 22. And Aaron, after all this sacrifice and after everything he just did, what does he do? Verse 22. Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from the offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and peace offering. Stop right there. Aaron stands up and he blesses the people. Blesses them. Blesses them. Gosh, I love that. What does that mean? Well, about to find out. Real quick, just one more scripture here. Verse 23, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle. doesn't say what they did, but they went in there, and they came out of the tabernacle, and blessed the people, and glory, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto the people, unto all the people. Two things I'm going to mention. Number one, when you go into the tabernacle and you come out, what do you do? You bless people. What does that mean? When you go into the tabernacle of the Lord, you can't help but come out blessing. You can't help but come out loving. You can't help but come out ministering to people. Well, I want to minister to people. I want to do something. Then go to the tabernacle. Go and spend time with your God. You know, when I was in Mexico, again, I know I keep referencing to do it tonight a lot, but when we were in Mexico, I remember this team came down from Petaluma. And we had been in the tabernacle for so long. There in Mexico, I think it was like two and a half months or something. John just feeding us and us spending time with Jesus and hanging out with him. It was like, uh, uh, we were just so full, like a sponge. It just needed to be squeezed. We were just like, uh, give me somebody. You know, I just wanted, we, we've already talked everybody else's ear off and said every little bit of ministry we could. And we just want some, some meat, you know. We just want to minister to somebody. And these kids came down, these young kids, high school kids. They came down, we like swamped them, man. We just like, all the guys were just like, put them in a headlock, not literally, but you know, we were just like, made them listen to us, and we're just like pouring into them. And they thought we were psychos at first. Like, they thought we were crazy. Because when we worshiped there, we would just like, like praise the Lord and clap and, and, and get on our knees and all this stuff. And they were just looking at us like, these guys are crazy, you know, like they've really been out in the dead. Woohoo, you know, they're, they're gone. And. And they thought we were crazy. They, they, they thought we were faking, you know, like that we weren't really just trying to praise the Lord and bless Him. And 
we just jumped on these kids. We'd been in the tabernacle for a long time, and when we came out, we were blessing. Just laying hands on people. We just started laying hands on the kids, every single one of them, and praying for them, and just say, Look, I have a word of encouragement for you. Just started ministering to them, and saying things to them, and talking to them, and then we did for the next like three or four days. We just poured into these kids like never before. And they walked away filled and refreshed. You want to know why you don't have anything to say? You want to know why you're not blessing people? You want to know why things aren't coming out like never before? It's because you don't spend time in the tabernacle, my friend. You must go in there and be filled. You must go in there and be refreshed. Maybe you need to go in the desert for a little while. Maybe you need to stop doing ministry for a little bit and just go into the quietness in the desert and sit there with Jesus for seven days and come out blessing. Maybe you need to get away from church. Maybe you need to get away from the study. Maybe you just need to sit with Jesus for a little while and then come back full blast. You see? Go home and put on the earphones and listen to like 20 messages. Take notes on every single one. Spend time in prayer with your God. Go grab a guitar if you can play and worship Him out in the middle of nowhere. Take your guitar. Go, Hey, go sing a cappella. Go spend time with Jesus. And you will come out blessing like never before. You see? You can't come out blessing unless you're filled first. And that's what Moses did. And the second point here, this blessing, what is it? Well, it's found in Numbers chapter 4, verse, I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. This is the blessing that they did. This is what they were blessing. This is how they bless. This is how the Jews do it. Starting in verse 22, if you're there. If not, it's okay, I'll just read it to you. Listen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On the wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. So what, what's happening here? God is saying, You will bless the children of Israel like what? Like this. This is what you are to say. Notice, it's not Moses instructing them. It, I'm sorry. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Okay, so the Lord is speaking unto Moses. And then Moses is going to tell Aaron this is how they're going to do it. But notice it is not somebody just making up words. The Lord is giving specifics on how to bless the people. Look what he says. Say unto them this, verse 24, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. They shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. I will bless them. It was awesome. I was there in the Negev desert in Israel, staying at this family's house, named, these people named Don and Dahlia, Jews that love Jesus more than I've ever seen. They go out in the morning and take communion together, husband and wife, and they dance out in the middle of the desert before their God. And they sing to Him. Their house is out in the middle of the desert, but they just go over a little hill, and right out there in the middle of the hill, I mean, over the hill, you're automatically in the middle of the desert because there's just nothing out there. And they go out there and they bless their Lord, and every night we would worship in their home. And the night that we left, the night that I didn't see Him ever again, they sang this blessing upon me. They said, Josh, I want to bless you. I know, the bugs are coming. That's, that's a blessing. Okay. Grabs your attention. Wakes you up. Okay. Lord, deliver us. 
But they sang a blessing upon... I was going to try to sing it, but I just don't know if I can remember how it goes. You ready? Acapella. It's in Hebrew. And it is these words, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 and 25. It says... Yevareche Adonai Veishmerecha Yair Adonai Panavelecha Vichuneha Yisa Adonai Panavele Vayeshme Lecha Shalom They sang this twice over us and then said the words to us. And I, would, I was going to teach you guys tonight the song and I was going to teach you the words but I just don't think we have time. Maybe I'll put it on scripture worship. <laughs> And make a CD for all you guys that you can say it, understand the words, and know it. And so that you can walk up to people and bless them in the way that the Jews did even back then in that day. Amen. But the blessing, even though I shredded that and messed that up really good, the blessing that they gave was definitely a blessing unto them. And when they were singing that over me, I was just like, just melting in my sandals, truly. I was just blown away by what they were singing and what they were saying. And maybe when you need a blessing, you need to read this. Or maybe when you need to bless someone, you turn there. Write it down. Did you guys write it down? Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. You need to write that down. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. And maybe you need to pray a blessing upon somebody. Just walk up to them and say, hey, I want to say this to you. I don't have it memorized, I'm sorry. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord made His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Back to our text here. We're closing this up. The last thing. So what happens? Where are we at? Aaron goes into the tabernacle on the eighth day. Does all this stuff. Bunch of offerings go down. He comes out. What does he do? He stands up before the people and blesses them. And then Moses and Aaron come and bless the people. And then it says the Lord appeared unto them. What happened? Look. Last verse. And there came a fire from before the Lord. Did you hear that? And there came a fire before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw... They shouted and fell on their faces. Did you hear what just happened? I know there's bugs. Stay with me. They come out and bless the people, and then what happens? Fire comes down from heaven. Boom! And consumes the offering. Consumes the offering. And what do the people do? They shout. And then they fall on their face. I love that. It says specifically, they fall on their face. Just falling on your face before God. They shout to Him and fall on their face. They shout for joy and fall on their face. Friends, I, I want us to get back to this. 
I want us to get to this point. Of getting on your face and shouting to God. Josh, that's kind of weird, man. Shouting. Like, you're always shouting. Go out into the wilderness and shout unto your God. I don't know what it is. These kind of things, like, the human body, the way it works, shouting is like free, almost. I know, I know there's bells. Just listen. Shouting to your God, lifting Him up, praising His name, and then falling on your face before the living God. I exhort you, I think, every week in this, falling on your face, getting on your knees. When is the last time? Please, have you ever gotten on your face before God? Have you ever bowed with your face to the ground by yourself before God? It is the sweetest the closest, the quietest time. Please, friends. I think we've lost it. I don't know if we are people who gets on our knees anymore. But I want us to be. That really prays and spends time with our God. I think we can go to our knees right now. I know you guys are on concrete. Just for like 30 seconds. I just want us just to get on our knees before our God. I just want to let Him know that we are God who serves Him. before you, Lord, here in public, here in front of everyone on the street, and we come here acknowledging that you are the great king, and you are the great God, what person would bow to anyone? We will bow to you, and we will bow to you alone, we will bend the knee, because you are our God, and we will serve you, and Lord, I ask that you would teach every single one of these what it means to get on your knees and to spend time with you, and me too, Jesus, I need them. Help us to understand that bowing the knee is great submission unto you. It's such a blessing. Teach us to be on our knees, Lord. Daily. Spending time with you as Daniel did. We ask that you would bless every single one. Please, minister to these. Lord, bless these. Make your face to shine upon them. Bring them peace and rest in their lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing on us tonight. We have bowed to you and acknowledged you that you are the great God and we will serve you and live for you and die for you. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for giving us heaven for free, covering us with blessings every single day. We love you, Lord, and we commit ourselves to you in your name. Amen. Amen. heart's desire personally for you
is that this army, can you imagine, listen to this vision, if every single one of us were truly dedicated to serving God and getting on our face, and think about this, but if every single one of us tomorrow, maybe tonight when we get home, we get on our face in our own home, by ourselves, and we bow to our God. And we spend time with Him. And tomorrow in the morning, we bow to our God and we spend time with Him. And tomorrow during, during our day, we bow to our God and we spend time with Him. You know what's going to start happening to you individually, Max? Casey, you know what's going to start happening to you? Derek, you know what's going to start happening to you? Friends, you will start to be changed. And you will start to be made into that man or woman that God has called you to be. You will be changed. You will be filled and people will start being blessed. Can you imagine if these right here raised up and started ministering and started serving and started blessing What if each one of you, whatever your gift is, I'm shouting through a microphone and you're listening for some reason. I'm trying to use my gift to the best of its potential, my friend. I want you to walk away blessed. I want you to walk away with much. What is your gift? If you were using it to the greatest of your potential, what could we accomplish here? If every single one of us were spending time with our God, we cannot be the same anymore. We would be changed forever. And we would have an army. Look at the How many twelves do we have here? Jesus rose up twelve and they changed the world. We can do this. Can you do this? Family, are you dedicated? Are you ready? I'm serious. Do you guys want to do this? Are you ready to change? Are you ready to change seriously? We've all just bowed before our God. I want God to use you in a greater way than you've ever been used. And He wants to. But you've got to be willing and you've got to be ready. Okay? And so can we, just here on Tuesday night, I don't care about, I do care about the rest of the church, but I just, just, you guys, just right now, tonight, you guys. May we become the priest. May I sprinkle the blood on you tonight. And you become ordained. Do you want to minister? If you do, then start tonight. Start today. Start in this moment. Amen? Make that decision. Leviticus chapter 9. We have 16 next week. I want to introduce you to my buddy Dan. Dan, come up here.